we're back ladies episode number 11 how are you guys i'm good how are you guys uh, i'm well we're back on our normal recording night, are you i am as i said we're back on our normal recording night because last time not recording on our recording night through me that makes sense in my head so yeah i'm doing good it's the end of the week a brave new expanse of possibility beckons and we have a full house we do have a full house we've got Ashfear back (laughs) I was going to say it's lovely to have you back Ashfear we've missed you and it's great to be back we have missed you after all someone needs to bring in like crazy and uh, Amara won't let me call her mum oh no yes and that's never going to (laughs) happen no cat <laughs> I'm gonna make this a thing. Go on internet. Everybody just tweet at uh, Amara that you know she is the mother of the podcast. It's inevitable. She is Mrs. Podcast. And on, she is Mrs. Podcast. Versus we have a full house. I think we've got a pretty interesting topic tonight. Amara, do you wanna drop it on us? Yes. I thought it'd be interesting to speak about microaggressions. For those listening in who might think, what do we mean by microaggression or aggressive, microaggressive behavior? Um, And the best way to to describe it is when you're in a workplace environment and you have people who, through humor sometimes or through just brief comments, etc., and this can be verbally, it could be just through the behavior um, or, or something that you feel constantly is happening in the in your workplace environment. Um, express hostile, express um, derogatory attitudes. Um, and generally these are towards, you know, marginalized groups. And as women, we, we definitely fall into, into one of those categories. And I'm sure we've, we've all experienced it. Um, and this can be both intentional, unintentional. I think... And I just thought it'd be really good for us to chat about it. No, I, I completely I, I agree. Um, and it, the, the obvious way to put it to anyone, it is the process by which your colleagues make you feel others. Most of the time, completely obliviously. Um, because really... And I don't want to be the the man-hating lesbian feminist that I am, but, you know, I am a (laughs) man-hating lesbian feminist. The only people who don't know what we mean are straight white guys. Because they are the only group that doesn't get to feel othered at work by other people's innocuous behaviour. And I think that that really is the the root of why microaggressions are so pernicious. And we are a podcast. We are women in tech, and we talk about the experiences of being a woman in tech, whether that's also a woman of colour, whether that's a gay woman. There are down you know there are downsides to it because I'm I'm awesome, we're awesome. But there are alas societal hurdles to overcome and microaggressions are are one of the most pernicious. Because they will there is it is the it is the slow drip of, you know, that that wind, it grinds you down over time. And, and it's something and you experience, hard. I find, not necessarily just with colleagues you know well, but I've quite often had it when I first introduced, been introduced to somebody. Um, um, and a very recent one, I was introduced to a client. He was from um, Middle Eastern country, and he asked me where I was from, and 
was a really uncomfortable conversation where, you know, I had to tell him where my parents were from, Pakistan. And then he said, well, Pakistan, India, were they saying, was it that, was that India? And I was like, no, it's Pakistan. And you just think, oh, do I really have to have this conversation with you? I have this conversation with you. Well, it's not only with you, it's, it's again. Because how many times have you had that conversation when you didn't really want to? No, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's, if it's relevant, if it's personal, then it's fine. If somebody's genuinely asking an assumption or a... To me, that, that's the, the lack of empathy. Yeah. Go back to our previous episode. That is displayed in sort of microaggressive behaviour. Because to the person asking or doing it, it may seem enormously innocuous. Where are you from? What's your, you know, any of them. Because they may be interested. But it's like, you think you're, you're experiencing that situation once you asking the person the question. But the person you're asking has to deal with that right. constantly. And there's a lack of yeah. empathy in the go, really, maybe, maybe step away from that. Maybe, maybe think, would I ask this as someone who looked like me? Probably not. Therefore, am I othering them? Am I making them feel worse about their current day? By like, just a little bit. Am I drawing attention? I'm not, I'm... Yeah, it's again, it's, it's that small amount of othering. The amount of times I've been asked, so where are you from? And you know, I'll say, originally from the north, moved to London and they're like no 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 where are you really from and I you know generally I'm sure most people are just being curious but they don't realize how a when you get asked that question again and again and again and you've grown up you know struggling with your identity already that the the negative connotations of that question or how it can leave that person feeling and sometimes you know I will quit thinking were they trying to make a point of like yeah, you think you're British and you were born in this country, but in our eyes, you will always be an immigrant or in our eyes, you will always be a foreigner or an other. And and that, that for me is why I find that microaggression aggression within the workplace should always be addressed because it, it does leave a, an impact on the person who's who's going through it. And, and it can, you know, build a lot of negative well, energy and connotations and it can really impact people. And I think because, because it grinds you down, it is a, you know, nobody get you know, everyone can brush off what uh, an, an instance, a negative experience. But because it compounds over time, and especially in the tech industry, you know, it's a large part why we see people leaving the tech industry. Because after so long, you do get a little bit like, why do I put up with this? You know, once your useful energy is expired, you're like, I, I, I don't need to live with it. I mean, my personal favourite is when you're the most senior person in the room and somebody walks in, somebody new, and they will, as a woman, you will completely be overlooked. When you try and say something, or as the woman, you're expected to take notes in a meeting. That drives me absolutely insane. You're always expected to organise dinner. Yes. Oh God, that one. Or just organise anything. It's like, I'm terrible organising stuff, especially things that aren't in a text editor. And also, why should why why is it automatically assumed that if you're a woman, you're going to want to organise things in the office? And it's all those things like, I don't know, office parties or bake sales or anything that's a fun activity. And don't get me wrong, um, 
whether it's taking minutes, whether it's organizing a team lunch or, or whatever, it should be a, a task yeah. which anyone within that group should be able to do, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of their background, etc. So, so why is it that only women are the ones who are expected to do that? Or it's just assumed that as a woman, you will jump at that opportunity to do that. Um, a really good example that I went through when I first moved to London, I, I started working as a financial services consultant. I don't drink. And the amount of jokes or, you know, sometimes, you know, people thought, just thought they were being funny. Other people were probably generally like, what, you don't drink? Because apparently, in the, you know, some people have never been around people who don't drink. And then other people... Other people would, you know, just, I could tell they were being aggressive or trying to, to make me feel bad. But I used to have people, you know, say, oh, you don't drink. Oh, you know, I can't, I can't trust someone who doesn't drink. Or, oh, you will what? never be able to, like, get far in this industry if you don't drink. And, you know, you, you laugh it off and then you go home or you, you, you reflect about it afterwards and you think, like, is it really that important? Or... You know, am I being othered because I, I choose not to drink because of, you know, religious reasons? But it, I mean, it could be any reason, to be quite honest. There's so many people who don't drink mm. for other reasons as well. It's a big health thing at the moment. Lots of people don't drink now. Um, and I found, especially in the UK, you know, drinking is such a huge, huge culture in the city. And if you don't fit that stereotype, you're, you're, you're kind of made to feel ashamed Um but me being stubborn, I sort of was like, you know what, if that's what you guys think is going to, you know, stop me from wanting to, to com yeah. keep coming into work or, or, or hinder me in any way, I'm going to make it my one thing that I'm known for. Um, but it takes a lot of guts to do that. And you do go home sometimes and you and you, you know, we're all human. You reflect on things and you feel upset. But, you know, I, I didn't want to give my religion up. I didn't want to give my identity up just because some people thought that, you know, I was strange or you I was really weird. You shouldn't have to. And no one should make you. And, yeah. that, and that's the thing. It's, it, it's most often a, a lack of empathy on the other side. And going back to one of the other instances, because I, mean, I don't want this to be all negative, because like, you know, we do want to attract women doing STEM subjects. One of the things I like to do is purposely to defy stereotypes especially around the organising, note-taking. I am more than happy to sit in a room with my feet on the desk and go, right, blah, you do the notes. And look at their face and go, yeah, I'm making you do it. And calling it out and flipping the script. Because otherwise, I know everyone's going to... Oh, I like that idea. It's great. You, you literally just put your feet on the desk and go, right, Jeff, you're taking the notes. Barry, you're sorting out the lunch. Yeah. Any problems with that? I mean, it's it's definitely going to be good for us to, to share tips tips on this. Um, that's a great idea. So that, that, that's I mean, I, I consciously do it because I con I got to a point where I'm going. I'm the only one who's organising stuff because it needs organising. And I know that if it's not that's done, also I'll probably get the blame. And that's like you have to call out the behaviour. You have to be proactive. This is this is great. This is great, and we'll we'll make sure we repeat all of our tips as we're going through the episode as well. Um, Interestingly enough, Ashvia, there was a, a, a survey done by McKinsey & Co. recently and they exposed um, gender-based microaggression where they said 64% of all women are exposed to microaggression and women who are non-white are actually higher than 64%. 
this is something that, again, it probably feels like second nature to those of us who've experienced it. Um, but that's that's a that's a scary figure. Yeah, that is scary. I mean, is that so? Whether yeah, that is a scary figure. And I imagine actually tech being quite um, quite forward compared to some other industries out there. Actually, I mean, in many ways, though, there is a the tech bro, the sort of pseudo. Oh God, yeah. Intellectual. It is almost quite regressive. It is. It's almost. It's that. It's that terrible. Oh, the facts don't care about your feelings, which completely ignores so so many things you don't need to get into. No, no, but, but this is great. Actually, I think because I mean, when Amara, when Amara told me that stat, I went, "I'm pretty That's certain crazy. it's a hundred percent of non-white women." Um, just from my melatoninly challenged looking around, going, "Well, I see how I'm treated as a." very white woman i know how my friends who are not white are treated i bet that's 100 percent. which is, and, and ter- Kat, which is terrible cat do you so if you when you obviously you have a distinct look about you um very different to myself and amara um so what about when you're sort of you meet a new yeah someone new ha, ha, what's the reaction what's the is it are people taken back or people I think people can't I mean people don't take me seriously um, which... really do you do you get that feeling I, I definitely get that well it's in some ways I quite like it and, and obviously you know, podcasts are not a visual medium I, I guess you would describe me as goth unapologetically dykey goth yeah. yeah you know if I can wear black and I have a lot of piercings um yeah people don't take me seriously as a leader they don't see me any you know, if I'm in a room with other people I will be like assumed to be something I'm not which I can't lie in some ways I quite like but it does get annoying after where you just take me seriously um but you can it's the comments people make it's the haha that's a funny joke I'm sure I've heard that like a billion times it's interesting what do you what would you have to wear to be taken seriously? what's the norm what would you have to conform to ah that's a good question isn't it Especially as a woman in tech, so a suit is right out. Oh, oh yeah, a suit is right out. I actually think you'd have can't wear a suit. You'd have to, you'd have to almost wear black and white. You'd have to be non, nondescript. Well, you you need a company T-shirt, you need jeans, and you need some 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 Converse. You, you've got to wear the sort of developer look. The uniform. But equally, then if you're dressed like a developer, then you don't look hot enough, and they don't like it. I was going to, it's it's yeah. just enormously <laughs> difficult. Oh god, I would never wear but any it's, of that. I would, I would, I could, I could, I could rock some company swag and some jeans. But it's interesting. Here, but... You you say this, guys, right? Um, but there's the, it's that whole debate of you know, if you if you if you look at like how women are sexualized in society, um, and you know, and it's mm. like, oh well, if she wears a, a small skirt, she's like this. But if she wears a if she wears a full covering, she's like yeah. this. So I don't think what you wear oh. would. I was going to say, like, is there is there like a, a definitive way that you we could get rid of microaggression? I I, I don't think so. I think un- unfortunately, I I once worked at a bank, and when I left, the girl t- the guy said to me, "I'm going to be honest with you. You're great, but sometimes your dresses were too short for work." <laughs> wow. 
It's like, yeah. said it, he it's said like, it. Hey, maybe I'd don't. Love, I'd love to say which bank it is. I'd love to it's say. Like, it. Hey, maybe don't look, or because it doesn't matter. Uh, do you, do you... And that's the but that's the weird sexualization of what women wear. It's the fact you can't wear anything because whatever you wear it won't be hot enough, be too hot, won't be professional enough, be too professional, be trying too hard. It's just ridiculous, which is why I again, and I'm. Obviously privileged to have got to position where he's like, I don't care. I'm gonna wear a pair of new rocks and a great big gothy witchy skirt and act like I don't care because I'm lucky enough to be senior enough to get away with it. I mean, one of my talking, I mean, one of my pet hates, which thankfully seems to have sort of left the popular lexicon of late, but for a while you couldn't escape it, which is the god awful phrase that's so gay. When gay said suddenly switched over to everyone, especially kids, were saying, you know, I don't like that, oh, it's so gay. And I was like, shut up! Seriously! Yeah. Because, ah, uh, it. And the thing I don't, and the problem at work is that work is not a quote unquote safe space. Like, for, for as much as we wish it was, it's, it's, it's... you know, work is not the local. Um, well, it's it's, it's oh. honestly, yeah, it's not it's not your local queer space, but in my case, you know, it's not a bunch of you know, pronoun listing, right on people who are going to who instantly get what you're talking about and know how to listen and know how to communicate. Which is why um, it's it's even more important to talk about these sort of topics, right? To to educate people because sometimes it can also be like you know you don't realize what you're doing or the impact you're having on people. And so the, the more we discuss these topics, the more they become normal, the more people stop sharing tips on how you can you can, you yeah. can deal with sort of these sort of yeah. situations. Right. Hopefully... I agree. I, th- I think there are two sides. There are, there are tips for people who experience them. But the other side of the flip side, and I hope we've reached the flip side, is the people who have never thought and who may hate to think, oh God, have I done that at work? And sorry, if you're a straight white guy, yeah, you probably have. But that's okay. You know, you're late to the party. Hashtag getting woke. But it's not too late. You're not Schrodinger's douchebag. You can just require a little bit of empathy and a little bit of and a step back from yourself and think, how is the person, how do I see the person? Because if what I'm about to say marks them as other in a sly way and it doesn't matter if you're trying to be funny or trying to be nice step back from it and go ah, we don't need to say that yeah interestingly enough um the the, f- the few times i i really experienced it was um unfortunately women who who, who were being microaggressive with me so it, it it can definitely um be be anyone who 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 can end up making you feel like that and and what you need to remember is you know, it can cause people to be disengaged. It can cause people to like not wanting to not want to get up and come into work anymore because they don't feel like they belong. Um, you know, and that's where you get things like oh, imposter yeah. syndrome. You know, you get things like people going through anxiety and mental health issues. And what you say, you know, can end up eating someone day in day out because those words will always remain in their head. Um, and and it can t- oh, it can take a long time for God. someone to get over so it. The other, what I hate, would you get on the street? Give us a smile. 
Or why aren't you smiling? Or you should you should smile more often. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hate that one. People say that to me sometimes. It's like if I want to smile, I'd smile. Exactly. It's like a well. Why aren't you smiling? Because I haven't had enough coffee. It's Monday. Exactly. It's, it's too early. Like, you'd look so pretty if you smiled. It's way too wow. early. Gosh, my entire life is turned around. And also, how many times would they say? Would they ever say that to their male colleagues? Would they ever say that to a man? Never. Never. God, absolutely never. Oh, that, I just, I just that, as you, you as you were saying that, I was like, gosh, I have to say that one because that really grinds my gears. Yeah. And, and I, you know, on, um, on, a, on a sidebar, uh, can we just appreciate how good I've been about not swearing on this episode? You have. You've done really. You've done really. Well. <laughs> you have. Do you know what I get sometimes? I get a little bit offended by. I find. Um, I, it's not that I have a, 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 um, a thing about this, but I, I sometimes find people um, um, mm. point out that I'm short. Because they have nothing else. And the to thing point is, out what they don't realise is when they're talking about your height or your features or whatever they choose to to point out, that you might have a hang up about yeah. your height, or you might not. You might have heard about your height all your life, and thus it's something that isn't a compliment anymore, or it's something that you know, you just wish people wouldn't wouldn't uh, you know it wouldn't be one of the first things. Yeah, you know, and and people people refer to it and. You know, and I used to get like a little bit like, oh, why, why do they have to bring this up? And do you know what? And I, uh, you know, I used to be like, well, do you know what? At least I'm a size eight. Yes. I look yes, good. Yes. She's made it part of her personality. Like, again, she embraces it. You could just wear flats and try and shrink, but no. Rock the six-inch heel. Be a, a, a goddess of height, but yeah, it's it grinds you down every day. Yes. Oh, what? I'm tall. Wow. And the thing is, yes, people sometimes see. think that they're giving you a compliment, right? So, Ashley, someone might look at you and be like, oh, you're cute and petite. People look at me and they say, oh, my God, you've got amazing eyes, oh, right? Oh, oh, okay. But there's there's the compliment but. Exactly. Yeah, but no, no, no. There's the, you're cute for a... Yeah, exactly. Occasion. That's what I mean. Or you're but, cute yeah. for a goth. And yeah, you're like, but. okay, I know I want to stab you. But, and also, what they don't realise is, um, like, I've always grown up feeling like, oh, I'm slightly different, because the first thing people notice about me is that I have a slightly, you know, different eye colour. It's just almondy, but, you know, it's it's not your traditional dark brown for an Asian. And so, all, like, since since I was a kid, I've always had people going, do you wear contact lenses? Can you rub your eyes? So in, in school, you know, kids would make me rub my eyes to prove I wasn't wearing contacts. And so... What people don't realise is when you get set the same thing again and again and again, it becomes one of those things where it's like, you really hope it's not the first thing people notice about you. Um, and so when people will always say to me, like, oh, your eyes, etc., yeah. it's not really something that I find flattering. It's more something like I'm like, I've, I've, I've had this all my life and I just want to get away from this, but I can't because I can't get rid of my eyes, unfortunately. Um, and that's what another, th- another thing as well, like, even if they mean it in the nicest way, it could be something that you just had so often that you just want to get away from it. You, you want someone to notice something that isn't that obvious about you. Um, so, so, you know, sometimes microaggression can actually be someone trying to be nice, but they just don't realise that you, you want to be known exactly. as more yeah. than and that. I, th- I think one thing I think we should make clear is, and I think this is in many ways why as women, we actually have an advantage. And men can absolutely have 
and suffer those microaggressions. Tall men, short men, especially short men, given how society views them. But at least we have, because we don't suffer under toxic masculinity, we can express it and go, that makes me sad, that makes me angry, that makes me feel a certain way, and we have a sort of level of emotional ability to talk about that with our friends and deal with it, at least in a, in a more positive way than just bottling it up. Yeah. I wonder if men experience this. Well, absolutely, but I think they have far worse coping mechanisms and far fewer yeah. ways of articulating them. The short guy or the oh, the bald well, guy. It, oh, short guy syndrome. It's a it's a stereotype, but that's partly a negative outpouring of anger because there's no healthy way of dealing with it. And again, toxic masculinity and hashtag not all men, but yeah, it's just at least. Women have feminism. I mean, to be fair, men have feminism too. That's the whole point of feminism: it is to, to you know destroy toxic masculinity in, in part. But we, there is a awful lot of research done, so we have these words. We have intersexual frameworks to talk about how being a woman sucks, but also being a woman of colour, a person of colour sucks. If you put them together, double trouble. You know, we have the, the words to talk about microaggressions and we have the literature to go through and, and the stats. And whilst that doesn't make it better, when you put a voice to something, you put a name to it, we can talk about it. And you don't feel alone. And in many ways, that it, whilst it would be great if, heck, we didn't have to deal with it, at least there is a framework that we can use, you can read about, and we can talk about. And that's pretty good. We don't suffer alone. And hopefully everyone realises that you don't have to suffer alone. All of your, not all your colleagues, but a lot of your colleagues will listen to you. We will listen to you. Yeah. And this leads into, into nicely into maybe sharing some tips that we could give to people as well. Um, something that I, I've learned is when you when you challenge people, and I don't mean challenge in terms of, you know, get aggressive, etc. Because, you know... It's, it's, you can tell when someone's saying something because they want to hurt you and you can tell when someone's saying something innocently and they probably just haven't realised what, the, what they've said or how they've said it um, or, or because, you know, if, if they've never been, been through it themselves. So, you know, if you, if you can identify the, the, the different or the, the intention behind it, you can, you can then, you know, un understand, right, could I have a conversation with this person where I can hopefully maybe make them realise, you know, what they said can actually have an impact on someone in a negative way. And and I'm sure they'd, they'd appreciate it as well. I mean, we realised this when we were talking about imposter syndrome, how many of our male colleagues had never heard of it. You know, so if you know that someone has said it, but they don't, they haven't meant it in a, in a intentional way, you know, you can, you can pot potentially, you know, ask them to clarify what they mean, speak to them about it, you know, try and try and speak to them in a, in a manner where you can where you can hopefully educate them yeah um, i really like i like that idea actually educate people because quite often they need educating i think the flip side of that and i do agree you have to I, be quite brave that, well not only that though that there's a the stereotype there and this again it exists it's not a person from pakistan's job to educate people about what it's like to come to pakistan or have parents who came to Pakistan. It's not gay people's responsibility to 
educate you in what it means because that's just exhausting. Oh yeah, it, it does get. Sometimes people don't want. To. It, it gets tiring. So so what I've now started doing is, if I if I know someone has said something because they wanted to be derogatory or they wanted to be mean or, or hateful, and they're not gonna and they're not someone who is ever gonna change or and they're not someone yeah. whose relationship. Um, I, I need to value or worry about or, or even, you know, in, in that sense, I, I probably won't even address it with them. If it, if it got serious, I would I would just go and report them. Um, but when it's someone like so someone a few years ago said to me, hey, do you, do you mind sitting me down and telling me about like Islam and, and Ramadan and fasting? Because they, they, they'd lived all the way across the world and they hadn't unfortunately been uh, growing up, uh, been been aware of things like this. I chose to sit down with them and tell them, and, and it was a really lovely conversation. So if it was someone like that who then said something unintentionally, or if I said something unintentionally, I would I would really love it if people felt like they, they safe enough that they could come and address it with me and say, Hamara, you probably didn't mean to, but you said this, etc. And also those are relationships where you, you also feel comfortable enough to, to have that conversation. Um, and, and so for me, that that um, it's not something that works as a blanket it doesn't work for everyone i definitely wouldn't try it with someone who's just a horrible person or or, or saying things to be to to, to get a, a reaction out of you um but it it, 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 it does work um i think my, my 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 advice would be to call attention to the assumption behind the comment probably in a way that is humorous but also makes it very clear that you won't stand for it. Again, like my example before of just going, and you do this and you do that. Like, that's the best way of just getting out of the open going, yeah, you're falling back on a stereotype you think you know, and that ain't gonna fly, so let's do it this way. That coloured person over there, and I will say, what colour is he? Red, green, yellow, purple. Um, and then, and I'll, and I'll just say, well, either just call him out for who he is, why do you have to say the colour yeah. colour? You know, you know his name. Like, it, this is one of my personal hates. And I will call it out. But sometimes people understand it. Sometimes people go, oh, but, you know. And and there's, it's, it's always a certain type of person, isn't it, that sort of says this. It's a certain... And again, it's... You know, without being stereotypical, it's white, male... Well, it, it's sort of like the anti woke brigade of, uh, uh, call them, you know, Spain. Yeah. Spain like, oh, yeah, maybe you're just. Maybe, maybe you're just. Yes, maybe you're it, just an arsehole. Spades a spade. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they're just. Maybe you are. Maybe. And uh, that's. <laughs> and, that, and that's where you, you don't educate them because, you know what? That's. That's a, a, a another level, um, and at that point, I, I mean, would say yeah. just go report them because if this is a workplace environment, and, and and then that person, you know what, they should they should be held accountable for their actions. I can't. So I can't remember that there is, and this is slightly off topic. There there is a comedian, uh, might be Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, or one of those who had a very funny sketch sort of skit about. I feel, which is sort of the opposite, the sort of ultra woke white person who will say everything apart from the person of colour. Because you don't know their name. You're going, you know, them. You know, going, I can't feel bad if I point out the one difference. I don't want to do it and I feel guilty if I do it. So I'm gonna dance around it, you know, the person in the red shirt. And I go, people make fun of the libs and they people make fun of the Uber woke, but at least I am Yeah. I would say trying very consciously 
It's right. And I think that's the important thing, anymore. right? We should all we all should all try to make sure that we don't yeah. alienate people, we don't make people feel like they don't belong. And I am not a social justice warrior and a social justice archmage. And 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 I, and, and I guess what we're saying is you know, we're educated where you know we're, this is the 21st century where in a society where we can we can learn from our mistakes and share our mistakes and um change behaviors and impact on other uh, let our actions impact other people's oh, behaviors I mean, so if if somebody is being wrong or somebody's saying something wrong then it's our responsibility to call it out other people i mean again this is why i think possibility models in the workplace are very important it's enormously hard if you are a young woman and you're the only young woman in an office or a team to get anything done. You know, I can't lie and make it open. Yeah. Sometimes you're just in a crap situation and because you've got bills to pay, you have to stick it out. But I hope that people coming up now have people in those orbs like me, like Amara, like Ashfield, like whoever, who you can go and talk to. I'm almost certain you don't have to suffer in silence. There is someone you can talk to who will, at worst, understand and give you a, an ear and go, yeah, but they're the golden child, they're never going to do anything about it. But if they do something, come talk to me. To the other, you know, that's the worst, though. The best, who knows. Exactly. Like, As Amara said, proper education, proper, actually make it their, their work to get better. It's not your work. And we all have to grow a tougher skin than we would like. And we all have to work hard to not let things bother us so let's make it their work and i think that's the difference we have now and anyone who's worried about coming to these industries up there are we don't want people to go through what we went through and there are many of us out there not as many as we would like that's why we want more people to come into the industry but the people like us will have your back in those situations you won't be the only person like you in a team Exactly. We'll have someone who'll stand up for you. Absolutely. I think this has been a great episode and I think we've we've shared some really insightful um personal experiences as well, but I, I, I hope we've given some, some tips and, and, and tricks that people can hopefully take forward if they if they ever experience this. And most importantly, for people who maybe don't sometimes realise that, that some of their words can come across as, as microaggressive or aggression. And if you do it deliberately and you're listening to this I hope you you try and you know turn 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 a new leaf, um, be a better person. I hope. Remember, everyone has feelings. Everyone um, can can be impacted by by the words you say. I think I remember. I don't know who said this quote, but the pen is mightier than the sword. You know, words that that we write or words that we say to people can have a, a lifelong impact. So choose nicer words if you can. Um, be nice to each other especially with with the year that we've had um and and just think how would you like it if that was you how would you like it if that was your loved one who was going through this um ladies if people want to get hold of us if people want to give us feedback if people just want to you know go and search who we are how can they do that well you can find us at queens otta on the twitters where uh, we welcome all feedback, positive and negative, um, especially on, well at the moment, on if you've ever suffered a microaggression and want to vent about it, have to listen. 
Personally, you can find me at Caitlin underscore F underscore Baker on Twitter, um, where I really just post about programming and random gay movies I watch. Ashfir, where can people find you on, on the internet? Um, on A underscore Tough on t- uh, Twitter. <laughs> we, have, we have a good Instagram following and it's slowly growing and growing. We are Queen's OTT Age on Instagram. You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram. Just search um, Amara B underscore T underscore S on Twitter and Amara A underscore Queen's OTT A on Instagram. As always, it's been a pleasure. We hope to see you back. Hope you find this uh, episode useful. Please share with us microaggressions that you've experienced, tips that you've sort of built into your armor. It'd be great to hear about your personal experiences as well. And we'll be back with our next episode. Bye. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone.